Chapter Ten of Tom Playfair We're Making a Start by Francis J. Finn, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Ten, in which Tom gives Green a bit of advice, which, aided by a storm, is not without its effect. On the afternoon of the following day, Tom, Harry, and Alexander Jones were engaged in an earnest consultation. I don't think he'd allow it, said Harry. What do you think, Alec? asked Tom. I'd be afraid to ask, responded Alec. Well, he can't more than refuse, and I guess I can stand that. Yes, fellows, I'm going to ask. And without further ado, Tom walked over towards Mr. Middleton, who was acting as umpire in a game of handball between Donnell and Keenan. Well, Tom, said the prefect, as he caught the anxious eye of our hero fixed upon him, what do you want? If you please, sir, I'd like permission to take a walk with Harry Quip and Alec Jones. Certainly. You are all on the good conduct list. Be back half an hour before supper. And Mr. Middleton, can't crazy? That is, can't Johnny Green come along with us? He's not on the conduct list. You know the rule. Yes, sir, but he hasn't had a chance to go out since the first week of school. That's not a sufficient reason for his going out now. But, Mr. Middleton, yesterday you told me you'd make it all right with me for carrying over the bedclothes and things. Let Green come along, and I can't ask for anything I'd like more. You know, sir, we haven't been friends up to yesterday. And Tom gazed at the prefect wistfully. Tom, answered Mr. Middleton, after a few moments of consideration, please tell Green that I'm very glad to have an excuse for letting him out, and that I hope he'll have all the privileges of the conduct list next month. Thanks, Mr. Middleton. I know every word you said just then by heart, and I'll tell it to him exactly as you said it. And touching his cap, Tom hurried away. Say, Green, won't you take some candy? He inquired of that young gentleman, whom he found engaged in furtively carving his name on a corner of the little boy's building. Green closed his knife very promptly and accepted the candy with silent enthusiasm. How'd you like to take a walk, Green, with me and Quip and Jones? I like it well enough to walk with anybody, came the rough answer, but I'm not allowed outside this wretched yard. And Green went on to express his injured feelings in a manner too realistic for reproduction. You needn't swear about it anyhow, interrupted Tom. And besides, Mr. Middleton has given you permission. Green opened his eyes. What? he gasped. Then Tom repeated Mr. Middleton's message. Just my luck, observed Green, gazing ruefully at the letters he had cut. If he sees those initials, I'll lose my conduct card again. I can't behave to save myself. Tom pulled out his own knife and forthwith began working upon Green's carving. There, he said presently, if anybody can make J.G. out of that now, he'll have to be pretty smart. Come on, Johnny, and we'll have a fine walk. Accordingly, the four were soon outside the college grounds, an event which Green celebrated by putting a huge quid of tobacco into his mouth. It was a gloomy afternoon. The morning had opened with a black mass of clouds low down upon the eastern horizon. With the progress of the day, they had been accumulating and spreading westward, growing thicker and blacker in their advance, till nearly half of the firmament was now veiled from the eye. That's an ugly sky, observed Harry. There's lots of wind in those clouds, added Tom. It looks as though we'd have a big storm tonight. So it does, assented Alec, who did little else in ordinary conversation beyond contributing the scriptural yea and nay. 
i ain't afraid of storms said green there's nothing wonderful about that commented tom what would you be afraid for some fellows get scared when they hear the thunder explained green but i don't mind it one bit i do said alec when the thunder begins and i'm in bed i always put my head under the blankets and pray that's cause you're a coward said green loftily i don't fear going to bed in the dark nor nothin in other words remarked quip with a solemn roll of his big eyes you aren't afraid of anything nah i ain't afraid of nothing you're not afraid to blow that's sure put in tom in a matter-of-fact tone all the same johnny i rather think you'd be scared if you knew you had to die right off i don't know about that answered green i don't expect to go to heaven anyhow you don't nah i gave up trying to be good long ago at least you might try to make the nine first fridays that father nelson talked to us about in the chapel suggested tom green stared at him heavily he said you know continued tom that there's a promise of grace to die well for any fellow that makes him i heard him but once a month is too often for me just think added harry quip tomorrow's the first friday in november make a start crazy it won't hurt you to try i guess i'll not begin yet answered green as he proceeded to roll a cigarette it would please mr middleton a heap tom observed yes indeed put in alec it would do you any amount of good added tom come on johnny you sneaked out of going to communion last time the boys went you needn't stare i had my eyes open and i saw you dodging it's my opinion that you've been dodging ever since you came back to college say you didn't tell on me did you not yet answered tom diplomatically he had never entertained the idea of reporting green to the authorities and i won't mention it either now you'll go to-morrow won't you there was a short silence yes answered green at length and speaking with an effort i'll go making their way through the woods which girded the river they presently arrived at a clearing upon the bank isn't it growing dark awful fast exclaimed harry just look at those clouds they're beginning to move faster and faster and they're coming out way too cried tom let's run home suggested green born on the wings of the storm the dark masses in the east were advancing gloomily rapidly like a marshalled army the wind which carried them on could be faintly heard breaking upon the dread silence which had come over the scene round about them as the ticking of a watch at midnight upon a nerve-shattered invalid fascinated by the sweep of clouds they stood these little boys with their eyes lifted toward the heavens ah this exclamation which seemed to break from all simultaneously was evoked by a sudden change in the moving panorama for as they stood gazing there dropped from the bosom of these clouds thin dark veils reaching from earth to sky what is that cried green i don't know i'm sure answered tom i never saw anything like that in st louis maybe it's rain moving this way anyhow the storm will be on us in a moment just look how it's rushing towards us it's too late to start for the college where will we go to and as they set about answering this question the clouds came nearer and nearer the whistling of the breeze that one moment before had seemed but to emphasize the silence had risen to an angry scream the four lads wavering and irresolute not knowing whither they should go for shelter presented a striking tabulet as they paused there in the open tom stood with his legs apart and firmly braced his hands were clasped behind his back and with his hat tilted so as to show a shock of thick black hair over his forehead and his mouth pursed as though he were about to whistle 
he raised his eyes in an unblinking gaze upon the angry clouds next him was alec pale silent and with an awestricken look upon his fair face he had put his arm through tom's and clung to our little friend as a drowning man to a plank tom was alec's hero harry quip was on the other side of tom the usual grin still lingering upon his merry face and his hands thrust deep in his pockets green who stood in advance of these had become intensely pale his fingers were quivering his breath came in gasps and he glanced over and over from sky to companions from companions to sky the first drops of rain began to patter about them while the wind keeping time with the movement of the rain sent the trees before them bowing and swaying in a weird dance all the more weird for the unnatural darkness that had fallen upon all nature hadn't we better run asked tom yes said green eagerly come on i'm afraid tom i can't run said poor alec i feel weak and dizzy and i'm so frightened harry and john go ahead said tom i'll stay with alec no you don't tom said quip if you stay i stay come on quip implored green they can look out for themselves go on yourself said harry speaking with some asperity you can take care of yourself if you want to but i don't want to be alone in this storm then stay here came the curt answer hello cried a voice why you're smart boys for your age you've chosen about the safest place around here and john donnell out of breath with running emerged from the woods and placed himself beside green we came near running away said tom we thought we could run through the woods and find some house to stay in till the storm blew over we're mighty glad to see you john it's lucky you stayed here if the wind gets any worse the woods will be a dangerous place flying branches and lightning and what not during this conversation short as it was rain and wind had grown worse ugh will we drenched to the skin said tom well hello he added alec is sick alec had pillowed his face on tom's bosom and before the exclamation was well out of tom's mouth the poor child fainted here give me the boy shouted donnell shouting had now become necessary as the ordinary tone of conversation i'll fix him in a trice and john as he spoke took alec in his arms carried him to a soft bit of earth and depositing him gently threw open his collar hello green what's the matter bawled tom attracted by the strange motions of the frightened boy i can't stand here i've got to run came the answer donald raised his face stay where you are he said sternly if you want to die young run through those woods as he ceased speaking there came a dazzling flash of lightning followed almost instantaneously by a terrific clap of thunder with a wild cry green dashed for the woods stop him tom cried donald jumping to his feet stop him he's lost his wits donal the many yards in the rear of both had set forward in hot pursuit as for tom he scarcely needed donal's bidding green had not fairly made a start when tom was at his heels terror they say then speed but poor green seemed to be an exception to this as to many other rules he slipped several times and once was within a little of losing his balance and falling to the earth indeed it seemed as though tom who was running at his best would catch him before he reached the woods but as green drew nearer the dangerous shelter he regained something of his customary speed and tom who had thus far gained upon him began to lose his advantage donald meanwhile was lessening the distance between himself and tom at every step 
at length green in passing a tree that stood like a sentinel guarding the main body of the woods slipped again and before he could well recover himself tom had come within five feet of him then just as a thoroughly frantic boy broke into his regular speed tom sprang into the air alighted on green's back and bore him to the ground and while they were still rolling upon the drenched earth there was a sharp crack like the report of a pistol discharged at one's ear a strange swishing sound a crash as of many branches beating against each other and twenty feet before them there came the crashing to the earth a giant oak as it fell a twig struck tom in the face in an instant though dazed and bewildered tom had sprung to his feet but green rose only to his knees he was quivering with fear and beat his breast spare me spare me he cried i'll go to confession this very night get up will you bawled john donnell his voice rising high above the noises of the elements as he caught green by the shoulders and dragged him to his feet if you don't move away from here you'll not have a chance to make a confession and without further words john dragged him back into the open tom followed quietly even his face it must be said had paled a trifle and there they stood motionless as statues silent and awed for two or three minutes there they stood till in the swiftness of its might the wind had flown by them till the clouds had moved on to the western horizon and left the sky above them perfectly clear till in fine the storm had ceased with a suddenness befitting its violence well it's over and all's well said john donnell i guess we had better run for college john put in tom and change our things or we'll get rheumatism or smallpox or something ugly what's the matter with green green pointed a quivering finger at the western sky it is coming back those clouds have stopped moving i guess we can beat em answered tom john i'm awful glad you came we'd have lost our heads if it hadn't been for you how did you come to be around i was hunting for snakes with keenan and we got separated you can rely upon it that george is safe in college by this time now boys for a run home are you all right alec yes sir said alec who had risen to his feet while the race between green and john had been going on but i'm afraid i can't run very fast here put your arm through mine said john and your other arm through mine added tom whose color had fully returned in a very short time indeed they were changing their garments in the dormitory green uttered not a word till he was about to leave the room then he said tom if you hadn't jumped on my back and pulled me over i'd be dead now ugh yes replied tom adjusting his tie with more than wonted precision and if i hadn't tumbled over with you i'd have been killed too i was scared that time i can tell you but of course you weren't scared tom grinned as he waited for an answer scared i should think i was say tom i was lying to you fellows about my not being afraid you needn't tell us that said tom bluntly but i'm going to change see if i don't and green left the dormitory and went straight to the chapel leaving tom and alec alone well alec began tom who divined from the timid lad face that he wished to say something do you feel shaken a little tom did you hear what green said just after the storm what did he say he said it was coming back oh well you know he was most scared out of his wits tom it is coming back nonsense well i feel as though something were about to happen won't you please pray for me and alec caught tom's hand and gazed into his countenance with a sweet pathos inexpressibly touching a beautiful face it was that met our hero's 
none the less beautiful for the modesty which nearly every minute of the day veiled the eyes and sent the blood purpling the pale cheeks now however alec's eyes were wide open and fixed oh so appealingly upon tom's and tom as he returned the gaze was impressed with something which he could not define but which brought home to him for the first time that he was in the presence of a boy of extraordinary holiness and purity why of course i'll pray for you if you want me to what's up tomorrow tom i finish making the nine first fridays well i don't see why you want any praying for i need it bad i've done a lot of things that i hadn't ought to yes but you've done a lot of good too i was so glad tom when you spoke up to green you know how to talk that's what i've got a tongue for but it was that falling tree that fetched him he'll behave decently for a week i reckon poor alec looked as though he would say more but words and courage failed him he again caught his friend's hand pressed it then hurried from the dormitory with that indefinable expression which tom had noticed before tom continued sitting on his bed for some moments longer i didn't know that alec jones he soliloquized as he rose i thought he was a little girl but he's a mighty good girl anyhow and with a grin on his face he left the dormitory End of chapter 10 Recording by Maria Therese